everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up all you cock and balls and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. I am uh, forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and joining me as always is all ball Tyler McDaniel, T-Mac. How you doing, buddy? Oh, not so bad, not so bad. Christmas is over. We're on our way to a new year. Bowl games are happening. Transfer portals happening. Just a ton of stuff is happening in the world of football right now. Yes, yes, you are too right. And, of course, the fact that the way the schedule runs, having portal season right in the middle of bowl season and recruiting and everything else national signing day everything all trying to take place during arguably the busiest time of the year is just complete chaos. chaos and the powers that be that are supposed to be running this sport literally have their heads up their asses whenever it comes to trying to to make it actually about who it's supposed to be about and it's supposed to be the student athletes yes. in this case, but the the word student is becoming more and more less the case, and more and more about the the athlete employee, yes, as it were, that does have the opportunity to get some sort of an education as a fallback. But with the way the landscape is is headed for collegiate athletics, at least in the world of football. More so than anything else, because that is the primary product for collegiate athletics in in any capacity, honestly, mm-hmm. other than basketball and to some extent baseball. We're we are headed directly towards basically just a a different version or a younger version of the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's just going to take a few years to be able to figure out what those structures are. That, as well as, like you said, transfer portal news, destinations, defections, potential schedules, all kinds of stuff is going to be coming at you during this episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. But before we get into discussing all that, we are going to give you a quick recap and rundown of all the bowl games that have happened thus far, including the one that is happening right now. And as we were getting into this Discussion and starting to record this episode, Rutgers has scored their first touchdown against University of Miami mm. with 6.54 left to go in the first quarter as part of one of two more games or the three games that are going to be being played today. Uh, later on at 5.45, you've got NC State, number 18, taking on number 25, Kansas State. And tonight at 9.15, number 14, Arizona will be taking on number 12, Oklahoma. But before that, going all the way back before our last recorded episode, and we're going to be rehashing some of these, of course, uh, Ohio taking down Georgia Southern 41-21, to Florida A&M Rattlers taking down the Howard Buffaloes 30-26, to Jacksonville State, the other Gamecocks, 
taking down the Louisiana Raging Cajuns 34-31. to App State, the Giant Slayers, as they were, this time taking down not so big of an opponent. However, still getting the victory. App State taking down Miami of Ohio. Final score 13-9. Fresno State taking down New Mexico State. Final score 37-10. UCLA taking out the boys in the ugly blue of Boise State. Final score 35-22. Chip Kelly, though, was probably the story. His press conference going into and coming out of that one would definitely be the story right now of the college football world just because of his thoughts and ideas on how the the world of college football should potentially or could potentially be structured at least if nothing else a good base to start off with proof that chip kelly listens to the cocky top podcast absolutely 100 percent. and if he doesn't that's still what we're gonna say um because you're right we have been talking about that very thing for several weeks um and then did you recently see kiffin's comment the king of the portal says it's stupid basically mm-hmm. Or just the timing of it and everything else yeah. when it happens. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the guy who is like the master dominating right now, the portal right dominating now. the portal, is saying that it's stupid. flipping people left and right. Texas Tech defeating Cal thirty four fourteen. Western Kentucky over Old Dominion, the football team, not the trucking mm. company. UTSA, the Roadrunners taking down Marshall, the Thundering Herd. That's twice this year that a significantly smaller animal has taken down a buffalo. <laughs> in terms of collegiate football. South Florida, however, this one, this bull is able to come back and reclaim uh, some victory, but it's over an orange as the South Florida Bulls take out the Syracuse Orange in the most decided bowl victory thus far with a final score in that one of 45 to nothing. Uh, this past Friday, just before Christmas, Georgia Tech takes down the University of Central Florida the, out of the Gasparilla Bowl, final score 30-17. to 17. Uh, Saturday, Duke manages to take down Troy in the Birmingham Bowl, final score 17-10. to 10. Same day, Northern Illinois manages to take out Arkansas State in a dogfight between those two dogs. Final score 21-19, one of the closest scores thus far during bowl season. Air Force manages to take down the beast James Madison with a final score of 31 to 21. Georgia State absolutely manhandled Utah State in the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl with the final score being 45 to 22. I would absolutely love to have the Georgia State head coach. Give me a second. I'm trying to remember his name. I don't know why it escapes me, but he actually used to be a line coach for the University of South Carolina. Really? And he was supposed to have taken the job after Spurrier left. He was one of the favorites. He actually was the interim head coach after Spurrier retired for the remainder of that season. And then instead of handing the reins over to him, the board of trustees in their infinite wisdom decided to hire Will Douchechamp. But he wound up uh, taking a french fry bath for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So instead of, uh, like, um, Shane Beamer getting coated with the Mm -hmm. uh, mayo from the mayo bowl a couple years back, 
um, Georgia State head coach is going to be getting or did get completely covered in french fries. Continuing on with the score recaps, South Alabama takes down Eastern Michigan 59-10. to Northwestern in the distribution Las Vegas Bowl takes down Utah. Let me tell you, that first half was a defense game. It was. It certainly was. Uh, the Chanticleers in the Hawaii Bowl, one of the best environments of any of the bowl games throughout this this year's bowl season, takes down San Jose State. San Jose State final score in that one, twenty four to fourteen. Minnesota Golden Gophers, man, they wound up taking it to Bowling Green. Some hard fought uh, football in this game as well in the Quick Lane Bowl final score, Minnesota thirty to twenty four. In one of their first appearances, I mean, they had one last year, uh, but this is the first back-to-back that uh, food has appeared in a bowl game. And in this case, that being the Rice Owls. Uh, however, they did fall to Texas State 45-21 to in that game. Guaranteed Rate Bowl saw Kansas take down UNLV with a final score of 49-26. to one of the massive upsets over the weekend, USC, the Southern California version, blew out number 15-ranked Louisville, final score 42-28, with Southern Cal's backup quarterback, Caleb Williams' backup coming in and putting on a dominant performance in spite of Williams being gone. Uh, number 20, Oklahoma State took down Texas A&M with a final score of 31-23 to in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Uh, one that I was uh, kind of surprised to see, and I think we actually both picked Tulane for this one, um, in the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech takes down Tulane with a final score of 41-20. to Virginia Tech has 21 of 22 starters returning next season. Virginia Tech is going to be a problem in the ACC in 2024. Look out Clemson. Look out Florida State. Look out all you other ACC people. Uh, Unfortunately, a non-Beamer-led Virginia Tech is coming for you all. (laughs) Hokies are coming. Uh, And as I said earlier in some uh, pre-recording conversation down in the office... Uh, Mac Brown, in his second Mayo Bowl appearance, loses his second Mayo Bowl appearance, uh, this time to West Virginia, final score 30-10. to 10. Another interesting fact, Mac Brown has been in five consecutive bowl games over the last five years and has lost every single one of them. Since 2018, his return back, he has lost every single bowl game. And guess who was on the def- or who the defensive coach was for this last year and them still losing? Who? Gene Chizik. One other game that did happen over the weekend, and like I said, we'll see if there's any other kind of update uh, on the uh, Rutgers Miami game. There has not been. Current score is still seven nothing. Miami does have the ball right now. Boston College manages to take down eleven and two at the time. 24th ranked SMU by a final score of 23 to 14 in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. 
Of course, proving one point we did discuss this season is that two top 25 teams, three now, top 25 teams in bowl season have lost to unranked opponents. Yes. And let's see, SMU, Louisville, no, so that didn't play out because Louisville's uh, conference. Mm -hmm. So I was going to say, well, I mean, all of them were like non-P5 conference uh, that wound up losing, but that's not the case. Of course, I mentioned as far as coming up, we still have um, tonight NC State and Kansas State and then Arizona versus Oklahoma. But throughout the remainder of bowl season, we do have a few more left to go. Of course, including one that I'm probably going to be interested in watching. Hopefully, that Big Blue can take down Kentucky or can take down Clemson, as number 22 Clemson does head down to Jacksonville, Florida, in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. We do have number 19 Oregon State taking on Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. Both of those are slated for tomorrow, as well as. The next two, including Memphis versus Iowa State in Memphis, Tennessee for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Memphis did not have to go anywhere for this one. They just got to stay home. That's probably how it's going to look whenever it comes to the first couple rounds of the playoffs with the new system this year or this next year in terms of teams being able to get home field advantage and stuff like that. And the final game for tomorrow is going to be one another one that I'm very interested in. And that is going to be number nine, Missouri, taking on number seven, Ohio State. And that one is going to be in the uh, Cowboys Stadium over in Arlington uh, for the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Of course, this Saturday, starting off the slate of games, Ole Miss taking on Penn State, number 11 Ole Miss against number 10 Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which will be taking place in uh, Falcon Stadium there in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 2 o'clock, Auburn versus Maryland uh, at Titan Stadium over in Nashville for the Music City Bowl. Number 5 versus number 6, Florida State versus Georgia in the Capital One Orange Bowl will be tomorrow night, and that's going to be in Miami at the Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, So Dolphins Mm -hmm. Stadium. And then at 4.30 tomorrow, wrapping up the day is going to be Toledo versus Wyoming for the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Uh, taking place over in Tucson at the Cardinal Stadium. Then Monday, we've got Wisconsin, LSU, Liberty, Oregon. I know one that both of us are really going to be watching. That is going to be the Iowa-Tennessee game, which is 1 o'clock on Monday, January the 1st. Weird timing for that one. 5 o'clock that afternoon will be the first of the semifinal games where Alabama will take on Michigan. And then 8.45 that night will be the other semifinal game where Texas will be taking on Washington. And then, of course, the winner of those two games will go on to face each other at the national playoff game. And I'm still sticking with it's more than likely going to wind up being a rematch between Alabama and Texas in my opinion, and in this case, I am going to choose Alabama to take the entire thing. What say you? I mean, this whole season, I don't bet against Bama. Never bet against Bama. I can't Never say just this season, but... bet against a Saban Bama. <laughs> Bama. And the thing is, especially if he is on his way out, you know, I can hate Bama 
as a state, which I do. I can hate Bama as a football team, which I do. But I can't hate Nick Saban. Okay. Damn good coach. Oh, yeah. Damn look good past coach. The, look legend. past the insignia. Look past the letter yeah. on the jacket. What a coach. So, if he is nearing those twilight years of his his career. Coaching tenure. I hope. I do want them to have one more before he goes out. Oh, I mean, he's already And he's an SEC school, so. They've already set such a precedence as mm-hmm. far as for any, any school to try to replicate or even come close to. Yeah. That, I mean, his his legacy is forever cemented in the annals of college football see, time in history. See, they called the 90s UT's decade of dominance. He's had a double decade of dominance almost. Uh, yeah, as soon as the door closed on the Tennessee run, yeah, it's basically it's opened up on and took Alabama. So and 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 Georgia like said, "Hey, of, come out real quick!" And then you know, yeah. kind of flipped the strip. Uh, yeah, know, the jumped in and tried to shut the door, but the the elephant stuck its foot in the door and is like, "Nah, bro, this is my yeah. house." But yeah, I would like to see. Bama. I'm almost done. You can have it yeah. here in a couple more years, Just but give me it's some still time mine. to finish up here. It's still mine. I, I would like to see that. A lot of great ball games coming up. Excited because uh, Joe has officially passed the torch, given it down to Nico, and Nico will start and play the game. Joe has opted out, as have our two RB ones have opted out, which is which is weird. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of wild. Because the the bowl games that we have been in in the in the last say ten years, uh, you you haven't really seen a lot of Tennessee players opt out of bowl no, games. No, very few. So this is a, this few. is this is an interesting stat to have at least three of our star offensive players opting out of this bowl game. So they the all th- that's basically the three of them saying they fully intend to enter into the draft. Good luck to them. Uh, I hope they all three do get drafted and at great numbers into great teams and start playing pretty soon. But we, we do still have a game to win against Iowa. We do get a full-blown Nico game, so which is great It's that it's already announced because it means that they are practicing with Nico and Nico only. So, so it's going to be really exciting. But speaking of, of these SEC teams, a little fun, fun game to play. Thank you to uh, Saturday Down South. Do you want to hear the SEC's biggest triggers as far as what individual sets teams off yeah the a fan base teams? okay go ahead alabama the refs that could be almost anybody but go <laughs> Ole ahead. miss everything besides the portal <laughs> okay mississippi state juice kiffin florida the shoe throw lsu discrediting Jaden's heisman <laughs> the tigers missouri being told they don't belong in the sec Gamecocks, any discrediting to Willie B. Yeah, I could see that. A&M, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Vandy, sports. <laughs> Auburn, Brian Harrison. The Razorbacks, the transfer portal. The <laughs> truth. Georgia, Nick Saban in Alabama. <laughs> Kentucky, UK, UK's a basketball school. <laughs> right. And Tennessee, Lane Kiffin. Those are your SEC's biggest triggers to a fan base. I could I could agree <laughs> with pretty much any and all of those. Yeah. I mean, I laughed at the, the shoe throw because I was like, I didn't know people still 
that right? Still talking about that. <laughs> talk about that. Um, my my Auburn my Auburn or Bama one would have been like the kick six. Right. Yeah, that's probably would have been a better one for Alabama as opposed yeah. to. It'd have been uh, a positive trigger for Auburn to, fans. They'd have been like, yeah, yeah. As opposed to the refs. Yeah. I mean, because as we found out this year. <laughs> the refs' new trigger is uh, Mahomes in Kansas City. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they didn't the, get a warning. The, the, amount, the, uh, the amount of absolutely crappy officiating over the course of the last five years. Insane. Something has to be done. We talked about that. The, um, ever it seems like ever since that missed PI call during the the playoff run, New Orleans is like Drew Brees last mm-hmm. year, and they're right there, and that blatant, obviously blatant PI call, the referee staring right at it, and it's like, mm, nope. Or the Jez I mean, Bryant rule that created a rule because. Of the the playoff game between the Cowboys and the Packers, where they're like, "Nah, I want a catch," and yeah. then the offseason created a rule to where that would have been a catch. Yeah, like, right? Um, like it's 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 gone now. I mean, we talked about no... that on Christmas. Me and yeah. my uh, my brother in law were talking about like you know NCAA, NFL, basketball, baseball, you know, football. Doesn't matter the sport or the 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 group. Something has to be done. Oh, absolutely. Officiating has been garbage in athletics in the last five to six years. Something has to be done. As far as the big three, football, baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the least egregious in baseball. Yeah, yeah, it is. Second would be basketball, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the women's division. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched much of the tournament last year, but... South Carolina absolutely the South Carolina women's basketball absolutely got screwed in the tournament last year especially going up against Iowa not Asia I can't think of her name right now and this sounds really bad of me as far as being a, a, a Gamecock Athletics fan <laughs> South Carolina player was basically ejected almost within the first 10 minutes of the game because of the number of fouls that were called against her that were nowhere near fouls. But it was basically like they were trying to take her out of the game. Just that way she would not be there and be a factor. Yeah. And basically they set up Caitlin Clark versus Angel Reese for the national championship because they knew that if the women's, Gamecock women's basketball had made it again past Iowa that they were going to absolutely mop the floor with LSU. And that wouldn't have made for a good... I mean, it's... South Carolina women's basketball is the basketball equivalent, and of course women's, to Alabama football. Don Mm -hmm. Staley, Don Staley, however you want to pronounce it, is the Nick Saban of women's basketball. Yeah. And, And whenever you know that the product is going to be a dominant product in terms of it's not going to provide for a good storyline, a good potential for viewership. South Carolina women's basketball, and I know we're far off tangent of, of no, you know, football athletics. or whatnot in this, but they have been beating their opponents by scores of like 100-something to 60-something. 
a mm-hmm. hundred and something to to forty something. They beat one team a hundred to like nineteen or twenty something points. So I mean, it's just like the the fact that Alabama talking about oh our biggest uh, uh, trigger is the refs. Mm, I I mean I can see where that is a thing, and I can see where the thought process of that would come in. Because the fact that if you are that dominant in a particular sport, the the people who put this stuff out on TV to be consumed by us, they want us to, we want a good product. They want to provide us with a good product and provide the viewing audience with a product that they think is going to bring in the most viewers, the most mm-hmm. eyes to sit there and watch it. And if you've got another potential... And part of the reason why uh, Florida State got screwed over in the playoffs this year is because because they had lost their starting quarterback, everybody on the committee basically thought that you were going to have another, regardless of who they wound up going and playing, potentially in the national championship game, that it was going to be another Georgia TCU. Yeah. And for the first time... In the existence of the playoff system, the way we currently have it, the selection committee actually followed m- more so than any other year the guidelines that they set whenever this thing first came about. Mm-hmm. And now we have two years to where it's going to be in the 12-team playoff format, and it is unknown. Anything beyond 2025 in terms of how a college football is going to be handled right now is a complete unknown. Well, at least to the people outside of whatever locked room that the people who are in charge of deciding this stuff have locked themselves into. I don't know what you do. I think that if if things are are as blatant as they have been for the last five or six years and getting worse and worse and worse to where it's becoming such a national conversation, even with people who aren't necessarily like like look at what like if if you go with uh new new eyes are being brought to the nfl because of taylor swift dating kelsey when these newbies that are just starting to watch now are even on social media talking about refereeing it's becoming more of a national conversation to more 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 people and more audiences than just your average football watcher so something has to be done. Something has to be done. I don't know what you do. I don't know whose door you go behind. I don't know what's said behind closed doors. I don't know if you just empty the slate. But the problem is, and my older brother is a referee for TSSAA in uh, uh, D2 college basketball and high school basketball. And he says the problem is, is there are no referees. It's not like a, you know, a college course you take. You know, it's not a thing you major in. And people are just not following that passion of being a referee so he was like the problem is is these are the refs we have they suck they're terrible but we don't necessarily like have some younger school of refs to start molding and mentoring to bring up and start getting letting the trash take itself out if we start phasing out these old guard referees because nobody wants to referee anymore right so it's kind of like, is, what do we do? Is that the the catalyst for advanced AI robotics? Refereeing? Yeah. That way it's, it's a lot, not... It's a lot. 
It's a lot less fallible than humans. In terms of that stuff, but who's to say that something couldn't be programmed to... Oh, yeah, to lean a certain way. ...in that aspect. Or hacked. Yeah. I don't know what the the, the fix is, but... There, the, I don't think in any capacity... The official stance of is, is there needs to be a fix. There needs to be a fix, yeah. yes. I don't think there will ever be an infallible version of judgment. No. In in the sports capacity. No. Honestly, in any capacity, because it all still boils down to someone's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere. That's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 546-1111. in pain, yeah, we got you. He can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Moving on. Like I said, I know earlier that you had talked about uh, Nico's getting the nod. Yes. Joe's on his way out. Yeah. Uh, the Gamecocks do not have, unfortunately, a bowl game to worry about in the offseason. However, most of our news, as it were, uh, currently is coming from portal defections, people who have gone elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right now, Xavier McLeod did not see a whole lot of playing time, has recorded some... Uh, stats but this last year at one point in time wanted to try to self enforce or self impose a red shirt and the the staff at South Carolina didn't want to red shirt them mm-hmm. I mean the the person was needed and it was actually going to the Missouri game whenever um, stuff had gotten so bad that basically he was removed from the team. Yeah. Well, now he has decided to, in a sense, trash talk the South Carolina program and trying to say, oh, you know, y'all don't have the right information. Y'all don't know this is what, you know, happened. Stuff like that. But looking back into it, it seems like this person has did have some tendencies of of not being the best team player out of high school. Mm. And I guess the Gamecocks had hoped that they could help help that player mature beyond that to be more of a team player as opposed to a me player. Mm. Uh, but that attitude continued. And the for the better of the team, it would have been better for him to not redshirt, yet he wanted to redshirt. And I'm wondering if it was a case to where uh, it was similar to some other people to where they wanted a red shirt to maintain health mm-hmm. and, and the possibility of transferring somewhere else, uh, which is the possibility. But now, yeah, um, this person, even though things are done with with him in the University of South Carolina, yeah. that he is still wanting to be vocal about the university. Oh, they're a good program, but their program needs, or uh, I'm going over, and he went to Georgia. That's where he's going is Georgia. 
But even like in tweets and stuff like that, he's like, to the fans of Carolina, y'all don't know what went down, but it's all right. We'll see y'all on the field in 2025. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just a bunch of trash talking and everything else, and it's mostly just a lot of smoke. But I I personally hope, even though that Georgia does not play South Carolina in the 2024 season, that this provides South Carolina with some some serious val. Uh, uh, bulletin board material to be able to go forward uh, if not this next year then potentially looking forward to some sort of matchup in the 2025 season but another thing that I wound up reading is very I don't want to say very interesting but I'm I'm glad that this is kind of the mentality of Shane Beamer and something that after reading this I really have noticed I went back and looked in the portal from previous years Something that you very rarely see in the portal are offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You can see defensive tackles, edge rushers, of course, all of your skill positions, running back, wide receiver, uh, then by extension, of course, what would be your linebackers, defensive backs. Mm. But your main core offensive line, you hardly ever see anything like that in the portal. And whenever you do... They're like the golden egg, the golden yep. ticket of something to get out of the portal because usually a an offensive lineman has to go through the most growth and and building and maturity out of any position Yeah, because you're going from the potential of having a 300-pound kid in high school as an offensive lineman having somebody that's maybe 215 or less as a... You know, multiple people along the uh, a defensive line are going to be 200 or less yeah. in in most instances. So they're able to just, like, toss them around like ragdolls for the most part. But whenever you get into the collegiate ranks and your entire defensive line that you're trying to hold at bay is 220, 250, you know, something like that, then there's a whole lot more that goes into your development mm-hmm. and strength and training and everything else. So, Beamer's main philosophy right now is my focus out of the high school and JUCO ranks are for my offensive line and building quality depth and talent at that position. And then if I can get some of the one or two out of the high school ranks, that's fine for these other skill players and stuff like that. But I can go into the portal and get a running back, a wide receiver. Hell, prove with Spencer Rattler that he can go in and get a quality quarterback out of the portal. Yeah. Um, as long as things line up. Because even recently, um, K.J. Jefferson, Malik Murphy, all the A.J. Swan all wound up going to South Carolina and visiting over there. But it's a situation where it's been leaked out that – some or multiple, one or multiple, uh, of those visiting QBs wanted to be guaranteed a starting spot. And Beamer's like, no, dude, we're not going to guarantee you. I can guarantee that you're going to have an opportunity to come in here and compete for a starting position. But I'm not going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm handing the reins directly to you to come in and do everything. I've got talented people on my roster 
that are needing that that whole iron sharpens iron. I'm yeah. needing someone to be able to come in and help bring out the best. Or if it's this person bringing out the best in you, so be it. But I'm not going to say, yes, I'm going to give you the starting spot as a QB coming in or any other position for that matter. But I will guarantee you the opportunity to come in and compete and see if you've got what it takes to be the starting. I mean, I don't know how much that's going to say after what happened this last year as far as for the Gamecocks in terms of, you know, having that mentality. But at least in my opinion and my thought process, if he's trying to build a culture to where that's what it's all about is the constant competition and you're competing from whistle to whistle and whistle from game one to whistle all the way through game 12 or beyond depending on you know how things shake out or whatever is that you're constantly competing because if you can develop that mindset throughout your college years that's the same type of mindset that you're going to carry throughout you with the rest of your life is the constant competition and trying to make yourself better because of that stuff and then hopefully at some point in time all of that is going to to come together in a perfect storm and fully translate to the field and multiple outlets have said especially after the Spurrier era is that there is a sleeping giant in the University of South Carolina it's just when and how is it going to get woken up like, there's the sources. There's the resources. There are so many places in South Carolina to get quality three, four, and five-star talent as long as it can be kept in-house. The University of South Carolina has the resources. The city of Columbia itself is a place where, I mean, as you've seen like we said, Stolly has done it with the women's basketball. Yeah. Same as what uh, Summit did in Tennessee uh, with basketball, what Fulmer did in Tennessee with football. There is that opportunity there. There are those resources there. There is that structure around it. The st- uh, city of Columbia, much like the city of Knoxville, I mean, that infrastructure is there to be able to have something like that. It's just that all the necessary pieces and components are going to have to come together at the right time under the right leadership for it to just explode, for it to skyrocket. And hopefully it winds up being (laughs) during my lifetime. I would absolutely love to see it. But yeah, um, while we still definitely had more people transferring out of the portal from University of South Carolina this year, I think the quality of incoming transfer especially for the culture and their actual physical rating as put on by you know the different sports media outlets is far superior than what has gone out at least on paper as it stands now and how everything is being received or is being you know displayed by uh, people within the organization and on top of that, there's a hell of a 2024 commit class just in and of itself coming yeah. in. Um, Beamer definitely wound up taking more out of the high school ranks than what we have out of the portal ranks so far for the 2024 class. 
and partly part of the 2023 class. I'm kind of getting confused on some of his welcome home tweets as far as to who belongs to which yeah. class. Um, because it's after the 2023 season, yet I'm still seeing, like, uh, um, above all else, which is the 2023 slogan. Yeah. Because uh, next year is 24 ever to thee. For, for recruiting and stuff like that or commitments. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused with yeah. that. But, yeah, between the the amount of, of incoming transfers and the, the high school and, and JUCO ranks, he definitely got more out of the high school and JUCO than out of the transfer portal. Um, and much like Hypel, Hypel has definitely done more out of the high school and yeah. JUCO ranks as opposed to doing transfer portal stuff. I think a lot of that is because you run the risk of, of these people transferring from, from, you know, places that, that have different schemes than you and how long is it going to take you to, to kind of change that mentality as opposed to coming out of high school. It's just a high school scheme. There's not really any, right. You know, different playbooks in high school. It's like there's some plays and these kids are playing and, you know, they'll call it's, it. It's almost like for high school, you can go in and, and uh, from Waterboy, uh, football coaching for dummies. Yeah. You can change them to, you can bring them up to your uh, caliber and your system a lot quicker, a lot easier than you can a transfer. Oh, person. for sure. Um, that being said, two of the big transfers that did come out of this past weekend, one from just mentioned Oregon State. Uh, DB Jeremy McCoy committed to Tennessee over Texas A&M. Good pickup. Uh, posted 31 tackles, seven pass deflections, and two interceptions in his true freshman season in Oregon State. That was a good run. Uh, and then MTSU transfer, I think it's Caution Kobe, chose us over Auburn, A&M, Ole Miss, and Oregon State. Records 71 tackles, three tackles for losses, five pass defending, and forced fumble, and fumble recorded recovery this past season so those are the two big guys that came out of the portal for us this weekend but i can only imagine the marketing that university of tennessee is going to be able to do with the second person you name yeah the mtsu the caution yeah Yeah. caution one of the other big news stories i wanted to get your opinion on is out of florida state i'm talking a lot about them (laughs) since are you talking about as far as the uh petitioning or, or filing the suit Against the ACC yeah. or to to leave the ACC, yeah. they're basically trying to leave early without having to pay the the fine to leave. Yeah. So, Florida State Board of Trustees voted unanimously this past Friday to file suit against legality of both the league's grant of rights and a hundred and thirty million dollar withdrawal fee a necessary first step to plot its future and potential exit from the conference. Florida State is now in unprecedented territory. No school has ever challenged a grant of rights in court. Florida State and all other ACC members signed a grant of rights with the league that runs through 2036, the length of its television contract with ESPN. The grant of rights gives the conference control over its media, including television revenue and home game broadcasts in all sports. In addition, any school that wants to leave the ACC would have to pay an exit fee of three times the league's operating budget, 
$130 million. What happened Friday did not materialize over the past three weeks, although the CFP snub earlier this month was seen as a last straw. Florida State's legal counsel and an outside law firm have been reviewing the grant of rights for well over a year and began working on legal arguments this past summer. Spurred forward after an August Board of Trustees meeting in which trustees demanded a plan of action by the, this following August. At the meeting, Florida State made it clear it would consider leaving the ACC over its concerns. I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights and its severe withdrawal penalties. None of us like being in this position. However, I believe that we have exhausted all possible remedies within the conference and we must do what we believe in best for Florida State, not only in short term, but in the long term. Now that was FSU Board Chairman Peter Collins. Now the ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips and Virginia President Jim Ryan, Chair of the ACC Board of Directors, lamented Florida State's unprecedented and overreaching approach in this statement. Florida State's decision to file action against the conference is in direct conflict with their long-standing obligations and is a clear violation of their legal commitment to the other members of the conference. Crazy things happening, and all this was apparently put into motion well before the quote-unquote snub from the college football playoff. And I remember that Matt Mitchell made a joke about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eight, nine, ten episodes ago. Yeah. In his his football show that he does during college uh, football. It's like, didn't y'all talk to a bank about a loan? Yeah. For $130 million? What what is that? Yeah. What is that? That happens to be the same amount of money that you would have to pay to leave the ACC. Yeah. And the Florida State representative was like, um, I don't know. I don't have those numbers with me. Yeah. I'd have to check. So, yeah, very funny, but... Something is either happening behind closed doors that certain institutions are deciding to not be vocal about. It's just that Florida State has decided that they are going to be vocal about it. Or they, like Chip Kelly already mentioned, is that all football should go independent. And if you don't go independent then you can still be NCAA controlled or whatever and have all of that stuff. But, I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised that if in football 64 teams across the country decided to go into a an independent conference or... M- two independent conferences, 32 each, of their own, and it be a slightly larger-scaled version of the NFL as opposed to 16 and 16, you have 32 and 32. You could even call it semi-pro. <laughs> well, I mean... Kind of like a farm team, like the it's, Cubs. It's, I mean, feed, that's what it feed is. Feed from the Smokies. I mean, Tennessee Vols would basically become the Smokies. Right, okay, and then... It wouldn't be a school, it'd be a... Program. Nothing would even be changed as far yeah. as that. I mean, the students, loosely, would still have the option of being able to attend classes, like I said, get a yeah. secondary degree, or, or to get a secondary education. Maybe a situation to where, as part of the NIL structure or whatever is being paid to the, the person for whatever, 
is that a guaranteed portion of that is going to pay the tuition yeah. for that as opposed to the tuition being paid out by the school and then the school on top of that having to pay the player out of these several different things. Yes. Um, so it's more targeted funds. Right. As opposed to just they get money. Right. Like it, it, it's controlled as to where a portion no. of that is going. Like here, here's a stipend. Here's a, a certain I mean, percentage for you to be you able to have some spending money. Being, but the story also just came out that Arch Manning's got six NIL, fi- or seven got like two point eight million yeah. dollars to be the backup quarterback, and when possibly the the MVP of the league is, is making under a million. Yeah, like that's insane. Yeah. So like, if it were more targeted and saying like, you're not getting to pocket all that. Right. This is going to your education. This is going to Blah, blah, blah. This is going right. to your uniforms and your stuff like that. Right. So, Like, basically, at that point in time, you are a contracted employee, yes. and the way this contract works is, all right, out of this amount of money, this much goes to, like you said, yeah. your uniform, your the the usage of the equipment in the, the yeah. training facilities and, or maintenance, like, and all that stuff is part of what is withdrew from mm-hmm. this total amount. So after you do all those different deductions or whatever, then okay, you're going from 2.8 down to 1.5. Mm-hmm. Then there's still a portion of all this But then, okay, we're taking half a million away for your food. Or, yeah, for your whatever the case may be. Food, your your cafeteria food at the at the So, I mean, yeah, you're going to yeah. have something left over at the end, yeah, sure. but also you're that not you going to be able it. to... Like, say you've got all your... Like Kelly was saying, all your scholarship players made... Or not Kelly, but Josh Pate. If you go back and listen to several of the episodes, he actually does the math and says that, okay, it'll cost this many millions of dollars per team to be able to pay every scholarship player this dollar amount for the entirety of the year. Now you multiply that by the total number of the teams in the thing, it's like... X number of millions yeah. of dollars or whatever, and it's not even a, a quarter. It's less than a quarter of what the 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 conference, like the SEC as a whole, would be bringing in from television deals and yeah. stuff like that. So somebody somewhere is taking in all the money, and it's not being dispensed out to other places. And in the case of ESPN, you know that's house mouse. Yeah. So that's just all that money that's being flooded into Disney. In this instance, are are basically all of your any female football staff are they now going to be Disney princesses? <laughs> in that capacity, has the number of Disney princesses grown exponentially with <laughs> the ownership of ESPN and stuff like that? Yeah. But yeah, um, hopefully after this year or going into next year with the more inclusion of legal battles into the world of collegiate athletics that something's going to have to give at some point and a whole new era of collegiate athletics, more specifically football, is going to come about before 2030. Yes. And and what we know as what we have grown up, you and I have grown up and known yes. as college football is is now going to be for teams like 
Old Dominion and Rice and Troy. Yeah, these that'll be college football. That will become what would be then what this, we knew as college football, semi-pro slash farm system. Whatever, whatever will be, will be your Tennessee, your South Carolinas, your Bamas, your your what your has power been five your power five conferences will create their own yeah. league, basically. Yes. And with that, will come a whole new fantasy league. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, a couple of years ago, I actually ran a collegiate yeah. fantasy football team. Yeah. But it, 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 That's was, weird how it, it was really weird yeah. because you had so large of a pool mm-hmm. of people to pull well, speaking from. Speaking of, we're in the, the Super Bowl. We are. It's you and me versus you and me. each other in the distillery league for the finals. For the, for the finals. And I got to say, I am also in the Super Bowl. In my family league as the number eight seed. I I am also <laughs> Don't know how I, did it. I am also in the Super Bowl for the Opry League. But the last that I have been in for several years. Three or four weeks I just started making all these moves and winning games. Right. At the right time and then I oh you, you secured a, a playoff berth. Oh, you beat this team. Look you won you won the quarterfinal. I won the right. semifinal against my older brother this past right. weekend, especially thanks to the Las Vegas Raiders embarrassing Mahomes and the Chiefs oh my on God, Christmas that Day. Was crazy! That was a <laughs> the, crazy the, game. The uh, Kansas City chaos game that happened in Arrowhead. I've never seen Mahomes look that bad, or his right. O line. Never seen him look that bad. Did you see how far the? Uh, Helmet bounce after Kelsey slammed it on the sidelines. I would love to see him throw a fastball. <laughs> right? That would be insane. <laughs> they did not show Taylor after that. No. Notice that? No. Not they were, they quickly did not show, oh, how she would react to her boyfriend showing his ass. Right. Like, why didn't we show Taylor there? Hmm. Because she'd been like, she'd have been like, oh. Yeah, we got we got after uh, they started falling apart. We saw a lot less Taylor in that game for some reason. And maybe that was something that needed to happen anyway. Because yeah, we don't need to. But yeah, have, we, don't, to we don't need to have a football not game getting in the, the numbers He should have gotten in that game. I beat my older brother, and I'm going to the Super Bowl for that league with four, five wins on the on the season. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and he was just like, God, I hope you win. Because what like, a story! I don't. I don't I, yeah, I don't. I'm sitting here ten and four in yeah. both leagues, going to the Super Bowl, or now eleven and four yeah, in baby. both leagues going into the Super Bowl. Uh, first, my, my chances of making some money somewhere have increased. Well, yeah, I, one I'm, of the leagues. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm looking. Surely, at, I'm looking at this right now. Is I'm either going to not have to pay out as much money. Yes. Or I'm actually going to exactly. Profit something exactly. in this case. It's like in both leagues, I'm either going to have my thing covered or win some money. Yeah. Cool. Like, I mean, like for for the distillery, it's like okay, if I wind up winning, yeah, then I'll have to give you what would be the forty bucks for yeah. uh, um, second place victory. Yeah. And then whoever yeah. takes third either place, way in both leagues, which I'm will likely money. be my wife. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. No, she didn't in this one. So it'll be... Uh, no, this one, uh, it's uh, Adam? Adam or, or Steven. Or Steven, yeah. I'll have to give 20 bucks for their buy-in. And then in so the... So either way, in both leagues, we're going to have some money in our pocket. Yeah. 
Sweet. And then in the other one, like I say, it's going to be a situation where <laughs> I'm either going to win $140 yeah. or $40. <laughs> so Either way, it's some money, man. Yeah. After the holidays. Right? <laughs> Especially since I got the notification saying, hey, you forgot a payment this month. Not on the house, thank God. Yeah. It's just on something as trivial as something a, like, a, like a, a streaming cell phone. service or yeah. cell phone, yeah. But no, uh, definitely looking forward to any and everything that's going to happen over the course of the next week or less than a week now with the yeah. remaining bowl games. Yeah. That are to happen. Of course, we're going to be getting into playoffs for the um, pros mm-hmm. uh, after the next two weeks. Tonight is the final Thursday night football of the season. Of the season. We're not going to be having any more TNF after tonight. Yeah. Uh, until, of course, getting into uh, uh, August next year. Um, and then beyond that, I mean... We, of course, are not far away. It, it doesn't seem like that's the case. Uh, but we're only a few, a few short months, four <laughs> for the yeah. most part, away from hitting spring games. Spring games will be happening yeah, in the middle of April. any time off, man. And not to mention they're still having to do all the portal stuff and yeah. then another signing day and everything else. So, so, so far... This is how our playoffs are looking in the AFC. Ravens and Dolphins have clinched. Okay. Which I would not mind to see a Dolphins Super Bowl run. I don't think I've seen that in my childhood, in my life. No. No, because the last one would have pretty much been like Marino. Jeez. And I love Coach McDaniel. No relation. Love Coach McDaniel. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's Just a younger guy and, and not. Like, I love when they have him mic'd up and he's like, He'll, like, do, like, like this last time he was, like, talking to two in the headset. He was like, you know, if they had a helmet-free football league, too, I think you'd be the face of it. Such a beautiful man. Shut up, coach. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just back and forth. And he's like, oh, God, stop, coach. <laughs> but they're calm. Yeah. It keeps them calm. calm they're not collected. getting excited or whatever as far as, like, if something does mess up, it keeps them. Yeah. Cool, even-headed. And then we got in the hunt the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Browns, the Bills, and the Colts. Completely eliminated Patriots, Chargers, Titans, and Jets. And in the wild-card hunt, Broncos, Raiders, Steelers, Bengals, and Texans. AFC's been rough this year. Yeah. AFC has been rough this year. In the NFC, clinched a playoff spot. The Niners. Niners. The Eagles, the Lions, and the Cowboys. Wow. God, Niners, Cowboys in the playoffs. It's like 1997 called. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely excited for it, though. I'm yeah. hoping that the 49ers are going to be able to get all the way to. I honestly would love to see a rematch um, uh, 49ers and uh, Ravens. Ravens. Of and the, the, the great power outage of. 2012 or whatever it was yeah when the brothers played against each other yeah and then mom see, he turned the lights out he cheated yeah and then be able to see another yeah uh uh and hopefully see a, a niners victory in this one if it were that yes clearly as i've said my dream super bowl is always going to be cowboys versus raiders they're my nfc and my afc teams right i'm probably going to die before that ever happens but the hope's still there. But you can always hope. But uh, I, I got to say, man, 
playoff time is an interesting time in the NFL league. It's kind of like me and my older brother have been saying. It's like these last few weeks of football is when you can't count any player out on your fantasy because they might overproduce or any team out of winning because then you get like Vegas beating Kansas City in Kansas City. It's like right. what the hell is this type of this time of the year? It's just insane. My thought process, because uh, I was talking to Katie about this the other day too, um, the teams that have clinched at this point, like they're going regardless, sometimes have a tendency to sit certain players mm-hmm. just so that way that they're fresh and healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. And in fantasy, you're like, don't sit him, I need him. Right, <laughs> and and that's also one of the mentalities that I go into my draft selection with. Like, I want to grab players on a team that I know have the capability of going the distance, mm-hmm. but I'm playing for, I choose my team playing for playoffs, I, not choosing my team for who's going to win the Super Bowl. Yes. Just, just because of that reason, time. just because I, yeah, you're right. I need yeah. them playing their best in the latter third of the yeah. of the season, just so that way all those points wind up coming to you in those playoff runs while or yes. or trying to make the playoffs, like trying to pinpoint who's going to be in the hunt or who's going to have, you know, not Which necessarily why I clinched, Kamara, but... Because I was like, those four-game suspensions going to go by quick, and then he's going to open up. Right. So so the, just just a, a, a cocky top hint and tip. If you see a couple-game suspension during the draft of Fantasy, overlook that. Oh, yeah. If it's a few games, go ahead and draft them. Go ahead and take them. If yeah. it's like nine games, don't. No. Don't draft no. them. If it's, if it's more than five, <laughs> don't then draft them. leave it be. But if it's a few games, go ahead and draft them. Even if it's in the second, third, or fourth, or fifth round, go ahead and take them because they will open up with a chip on their shoulder once those suspension's up. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. But this has been great football talk to end our week on. And like we said earlier, a lot going on in this sport right now. Lot, 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 lot to take in, lot to process, lot that we still don't even know about. Um, multiple Georgia players not even making yeah. the plane ride down to Florida to be able to play Florida State in this game. Um, multiple opt-outs, of course, the the timing of everything. We mentioned it. Oh, we'll yeah. definitely be talking about more of this stuff on future episodes. Um, but this is going to wrap it up for this one. On behalf of Alval Tyler McDaniel, I am with... The newest sticker from All Ball Tyler McDaniel <laughs> on the laptop here. To prove it, I am forever to the Gamecock. Brian Lowe saying we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66 for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, 
tldstudio66.com where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.